CityCast listeners, it is time to catch up on the week's news. I'm here with CityCast politics and criminal justice contributor Evan Mintz and producer Farrell Gibbs. It is Friday, June 24th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Farrell and Evan, are y'all ready to talk about the news this week? Of course. For sure. All right. What do you think the biggest story of the week is, Evan? What has really caught your attention in Houston? Well, there's a a story. It doesn't seem like it's the biggest one this week in Houston, but Mm -hmm. I think it's a microcosm of just larger issues that we're dealing with. So this was reported on by uh, Houston Public Media uh, about these videos Mm -hmm. that jurors are watching down at the courthouse for Jury Appreciation Week. And it's these videos uh, made by... Uh, All sorts of local Houstonians, TV reporters, Mattress Mac, Will Carter, this country singer, just telling them how good it is that they're going in for jury duty, this important role that they're playing. Okay. And one of the videos that they watched told them how important it was to get justice for the victims of crimes. Oh, wait. Now, I got to tell you, you can't tell that to a jury because that's biasing the jury. Maybe the person didn't do it. Maybe it's their job to find that someone was not guilty, that the state had not proved beyond a reasonable doubt that the person was guilty. And when you tell that to a jury, well, you've got a defense attorney standing up and saying, uh, mistrial, please. And it's a mistrial. Are cases getting thrown out? What's so happening? far, one. Uh-huh. But we're going to figure out how many juries saw this video and how many cases are going to get thrown out because of it. But I think this is a microcosm of a larger issue that we're dealing with in our criminal justice system right now Mm -hmm. is this sense that people want it to do something that it's not set up to do. They want the criminal justice system out there to get the bad guys, to see that the bad guys are punished. And that's understandable. I I think we all have that gut instinct to that, but that's not what the criminal justice system does. The criminal justice system sees that justice is done. And sometimes that means that if we don't have the evidence to prove someone is guilty then they are presumed innocent. And just this little case like this, this little funny headline about a mistrial because people watched a video, uh, I think is really indicative of all the struggles we deal with in the criminal justice system. Yeah. Farrell, what about you? What do you think the biggest story is? Kind of like Evan, I'm not sure it's necessarily the biggest it's- Mm-hmm. is to me. COVID news is still in the news here. And this got really personal to you this week, right? It did. It did. Yes, I, I got it this past weekend. Uh, you see the COVID vaccinations for children under five starting this week. And mm-hmm. uh, also like the Houston Police Department chief tested positive for COVID. It's not surprising anymore to see anybody in the public light get it. I came down with it this past weekend, and it was my first time ever getting it. I was thinking about this week what I learned from it once it passed and what was the most surprising thing to me about finally getting something that you've heard so much about for two years was just how sick I got. I I guess I thought it was a mild strain going around. I had been up to date on vaccines and boosters, and particularly, to be honest, because my wife is going to school mm-hmm. and I'm trying not to knock her out of school. But I, I was boosted and vaxxed and got sick as a dog. Hey, Farrell, let me tell you something. I just got it, too, or my whole family got it. Uh, and it was it was an interesting thing to watch that, you know, I don't think we got as sick as we would have, but everybody's getting it right now. Like, it's just really going around. And I'd say something that kind of drove me nuts during this period rather than like 
earlier in the pandemic is that we all had to stay at home. We're all kind of quarantining. Um, and I'm just going crazy, like stir crazy stuck at home in ways that at the beginning of the pandemic kind of felt like we were all in it together. But now like the world's turning and I'm here behind closed doors and I'm trying to figure out like, what is it about this that's that's making me pull out my hair so much? And it finally clicked to me that two years ago I had one kid and now I have two kids. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, oh, that's why this feels so much more difficult. Oh, and you yeah. haven't been able to get them vaccinated yet. No, although I will say one of them, one of them tested positive. She has she had like a fever for about three days, but totally got over oh. it. The okay. other one, uh, I don't know, he's real little. He's got a bit of a runny nose. We haven't tested. I'm not putting anything up his nose mm -hmm. and, and glass. I really got to. And for, for everyone to know, we're recording over over computers like we're not all in the same room right now yeah you're oh, not yeah, breathing that's... on me uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but hug y'all i am sorry and i am gonna go get my second booster <laughs> i'm motivated now so so for me the biggest story was just how moonbat crazy the republican party platform for texas is i expect the party platform to be extreme we're used to that but it is extra this year. And at the same time, they say that they're going to excommunicate any Republican who doesn't sign on to every last plank in that platform. So, you know, we actually expect people like, you know, the governor, the senators to sign on to things that say, yes, Texas needs to consider seceding from the United States, um, that we think that, I think the phrase is homosexuality is abnormal, that there are only two genders. I, I mean, it, this thing just goes on and on. And I just keep thinking about that idea of the Overton window, the things that a politician can say and be considered acceptable. And Texas Republican Party has been expanding that window for years, you know, they made it a door, and now it is some sort of cavernous opening you can drive a truck through. Mm -hmm. You know, the crazy stuff that can become law is terrifying. Yeah, there is always this sense that the platform has, like, the furthest wingnut positions in it for Texas Republicans. But there's always mm -hmm. been this barrier between what's in the platform and what gets passed as law until the last session. And you started to see a lot of the stuff that had been held at bay by even, you know, people like Greg Abbott, who were no, you know, moderates. Uh, right. Like, like uh, I don't think of John Cornyn as a leftist, you know. He's, right. It's like the like open, unregulated carry was something that you even had Abbott saying, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And then they passed it. They put it in place. And you got to wonder what else is there. I, I saw some people saying, well, you know, there's wing nuts on both sides. But one, like, show me the things in the Texas Democratic Party platform where you're that are like the equivalent show me the places where they're going off the rails because i can't really see it yeah um and maybe that's my bias maybe that's my perspective but i just don't see it in there and the other is that you don't see like the furthest of the far democrats in texas like booing actively opposing their standard bearers in the same way that was amazing I mean, that Greg Abbott is afraid mm -hmm. to speak in the main convention mm -hmm. that he holds his little like soiree out across the street and that yeah. John Cornyn was actively booed kind of shows where we are at this moment. It's frustrating in a way to see like how splintered the Republican Party is 
and the utter inability of Texas Democrats to capitalize on that and say, gosh, if you're an old school Chamber of Commerce Republican, maybe you should start putting a D next to your name. We'd love to have you here. Right. You know, if you look at a lot of the, you know, the HR platforms of, say, Exxon and Chevron, that's basically where we are on social issues. If you're looking at where we are on economic issues, like, you know, it's pretty center of the road. Right. Like, what is it that you're upset about? Like, come on in. And I think the the issue is that if you want to get what you want in Texas politics, you've got to stay a Republican. Like all of this infighting isn't a sign of their weakness as a party. It's a sign of their strength as a party. Yeah. And if they really felt threatened, if Democrats really posed a chance of beating them, then you wouldn't see the Republicans fighting like this. You'd see people and outside groups saying, well, you know what? Mm -hmm. If I want to get my stuff through the legislature or my stuff through at a federal level, maybe I don't have to mess with these Republicans anymore. Yeah. But you do. You have to mess with them. Aye, aye. Farrell, what about you? What should have gotten more attention? Uh, the first brick and mortar marijuana store, medical marijuana of its of its what? kind, opened in what? Houston. Uh, it's called Texas Original. It's billed as one of the only companies allowed to sell medical cannabis in the state. From what I've gathered, there's a really strict policy on who can buy. You have to have a very serious illness. And with a prescription, you can buy it for all cancer, epilepsy, PTSD. The company grows its own. There's a state law that they can't keep it in store overnight. So the products are transported every day from Austin. <laughs> now, Is it, it like a bakery? Do they mark it down in the afternoons? <laughs> I mean, I don't. Maybe we should go remote, do a remote <laughs> podcast from there and Podcast. kick the tires. And find out. But, yeah. but, you know, this is what I was thinking. This is not in the news or anything. But, you know, the product that they sell the THC content is 1%. THC is the active ingredient of it. I was thinking about it this morning. Legal Delta 8, which you've covered, a hemp-derived product, which is for sale, I, I mean, a block from my house, oh, yeah. is yeah. 0.3% THC. So, you know, if, if, if one gummy is 1%, you eat three. Anyway, my point is, it seems to be a very murky time in the marijuana hemp progression in Texas, yeah. for sure. So I was really struck by a study this week that came out of the Kinder Institute for Urban Research over at Rice. They were looking at housing. They do an annual housing study. And one of the things they found is what we already know, that it's getting more expensive to buy a house in our area. It's really hard now to find a single family house under 200000 in Harris County. But the thing that really surprised me is that Prices for houses in the suburbs are rising at a rate faster than houses inside the city limits. So the average house in Harris County is on track to be as or more expensive soon than the average house inside the city. And I just think this is an interesting moment in sort of Houston sprawl. I think this is important to get documented, but it really feels like a long time coming. That forever, like Houston's answer to affordability was we'll just drive until you can afford a home. Mm -hmm. And we're really starting to push the limits of that when you're asking people to like commute for two hours. But because we don't just have one commercial core downtown, we had all sorts of different downtowns, notably up near the woodlands yeah. or out on the energy corridor. Like people could kind of move further and further and still not have to commute forever to get to work. 
but that's really changing and we're reaching the limits of what is possible with that. Or is, is it just that we're reaching the Harris County limits and now <laughs> you know, people are going to be living in, I don't know, Hempstead. Uh, people live in Sugarland. Mm. People live in Fort Bend. Right. And, you know, if your office is out in Fort Bend, then, you know, it's not too bad. But I, I really do think that it puts a limit on your ability to live in an area, particularly if you want to change jobs over time. Yeah. Um, to, to live like that. Right. I mean, there's a physical limit with the ocean. You know, <laughs> you can't go past Galveston. Mm -hmm. But for, you know, for expanding westward or northward, I mean, what? Basically, we can just keep going until we hit Austin, right? You look at something like the Northeast Corridor, like D.C. to Boston. Yeah. You could build something like that, but you need the transit to connect it all together. And uh, plans for, say, high-speed rail between Houston and Dallas seem dead and not just dead but actively killed by state officials yeah who you know cared more about the thoughts of people living out in rural areas than the success of urban cores yeah and our state's economic success which is depressing all right i'm depressed enough let's go to some happiness evan is anything making you happy right now um well you know i've got to spend a lot of time with my kids because we're all at home on covid quarantine oh the upside of covid <laughs> which has yeah. just kind of been fun and delightful like to play uh -huh. with them and you know hang out with them and and my daughter we went to galveston uh a few weeks ago and you know there's this witch store this witchcraft store on the strand <laughs> uh, and for whatever reason my daughter has really gotten into like like witchcraft and spooky scary story stuff she's like a proto-goth how old is your daughter she's gonna be four soon and all she wants to <laughs> to do is hear scary stories and mysteries and loves to go see the Egyptology exhibit at the museum. Uh-huh. Um, and so at this witchcraft store, she got this spray, moon spray. And it smells Ooh. nice, but the point of it is, like, you spray it during a new moon and, like, a new moon uh, bringing new light uh, into our world as the moon waxes. This spray helps you manifest things into the world. Oh, and so she's like spraying it and wishing for a trip to Disney World. She's spraying it and wishing for a pet kitty. Okay. Uh, spraying it and wanting candy. <laughs> and it's just so funny like to watch her do this. It's very cute. Has anything manifested yet? Um, well, she woke up with a nightmare about bugs. Oh. Uh, and then I got a text from my brother the next day saying that there are like a whole bunch of ants in his bed. Um, and I'm like wondering if, my, if I'm doing like... The Craft Junior over here. You might want to see about a refund on that spray. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Farrell, what about you? What's making you happy? I have a moment of not joy. Uh-oh. Uh, nobody can be happy in this heat. I defy anybody oh. that says they're happy in this heat. And Evan... Your daughter must have also had me in mind because we have bugs doing kamikaze runs beneath our doorstop looking for the tiniest drink of water. And I, they, they congregate in my mm -hmm. shower by the drain. Ew. Uh, you ever had bugs jump up on your leg just to get a sip of some sweat? Because that's happening around here, too. My wife is right now at Lowe's buying weather stripping. For, for the door. <laughs> so my joy will intensify uh -huh. just as soon as this Armageddon heat goes back to hell where, where it came from. Which is going to be mid-September. Well, did y'all get rain yesterday? I got like three minutes of rain a couple of days ago. It was mm -hmm. very exciting. We got a little bit of rain this week, but it was a weird rain. Like it, it's like rain is like kind of cool and nice and smells good. This is a hot rain and it smelled like garbage. 
This is a bad <laughs> rain. I think it just like stuff that was all drying out and it gets wet and rather than becoming verdant, just starts to rot. Oh, well, also, we didn't yeah. have enough rain to really wash things clean. Yeah, we need we need like a gully washer here. Yes. Evan, you're a gardener. Mm-hmm. We grew only one thing this year. We grew a habanero, Tabasco and jalapeno plants. Delicious. Which I, I would uh, assume are made for sun. Yeah. They died from the sun. No. I mean, we watered them pitcher after pitcher every day and just they they can't even grow. If they can't grow. No, you have to like put up shade structures. Yeah, you want to get them like against a fence plants. to avoid that, that afternoon heat. Or you can like build a little canopy for them. Yeah. For peppers? For habanero peppers? I They're, don't know. Like Texas, it's like this? This time of year? Mm-hmm. Unless you get them planted really early and like they're rooted by now, like then they'll survive. But if you put them in the soil too late and then just like they're not well rooted when it starts to get really hot and they really need to like throw that last little sip of water, like six inches under the soil. Yeah, that that might have been yeah. our problem. Yeah. Evan, can you get your daughter to like manifest some rain? <laughs> manifest a gully washer? Uh, I will ask her. I'll buy her candy. <laughs> so at least we got to wait for uh-huh. the next... The next new moon, and she'll spray it and say, you know, <laughs> rain, please. All right. The thing that is making me happy, the thing that is, like, really helping me just survive the heat is that I have discovered a popsicle outlet. Um, La Brisa sells paletas, those Mexican popsicles, to, the, like, the guys who drive around in the bicycle carts selling them on the street. And they're good. So you can go in. Just and buy some retail. It's like a Mexican bakery. You get a tray, you get your tongs, you open the freezer and you just load up your tray with popsicles. And they come in these great, you know, natural flavors. They even have some artisanal popsicles because this is the age we live in with no artificial flavors and colors. And it makes me happy. I've been eating pecan popsicles and diablitos that are mango with a little like light chili pepper core. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds all. I've never had anything like that. I mean, my popsicles were always oh. red, blue, and purple. <laughs> yeah. Those are just nothing. This uh, is not that, what's going to get you through this kind of weather. You need I, something fabulous. I understand. I don't know. I feel like I like the like the retro throwback to just like artificial colored flavored ice. Um <laughs> You know, yeah, it's just it. it I, I don't want anything fancy. It's kind of basically frozen Kool Aid. Yeah, right. Give me some, give me some red, white, and blue bomb pops. Oh yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> give me, give me something in the face of what's supposed to be like a cartoon character, but just all kind of mushed together, and it's got gumballs for eyes that are like hard as rocks. Oh uh-huh. yes. That, that right there is all the whole entire side of an ice cream truck. Yeah. Which, by the way, I was thinking about them the other day. Do those exist anymore? Do they? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, they right through my oh, I feel like at a certain point, it gets even like too hot for ice cream trucks. I feel like peak ice cream truck is like April, May. <laughs> and then they're just like, they go into hibernation, you know? <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard them lately. The kids aren't outdoors. Like the ice cream will melt. Like way too fast no way because the kids are not going to run outdoors it's too yeah. hot yeah that's a good yeah. point it's too hot for an ice cream truck there you go that's all that <laughs> needs to be said that's why you got to go to the popsicle outlet all right thank y'all this was good thank you thank you that is it for our show today our lead producer is dina kesba 
Our producer is Farrell Gibbs, and we have had help this week from roving producer Carleone Jones. Our theme music is by Farrell and his band, All the Kimonos. We will be back on Monday. Talk with you then. Oh, no, I don't have to throw it to anybody for news. Excellent. Okay. Yay. All right.